Welcome to Well Worn Pod, the podcast that explores the joy in second hand. I'm your host, Hannah Heading. Thanks for joining us. Hello, hello, lovely listener. Welcome back to a brand spanking new episode. Today, I'm delighted to be joined by Emma from The Conscious Exchange. The Conscious Exchange is an eco and vintage boutique located in Islington, New South Wales. Emma and the team source some stellar vintage and pre-loved gear, and they also sell a curation of eco-friendly essentials. The sweet little store has also become home to conscious workshops, inviting the community to learn, grow and create in their beautiful space. Emma, thank you so much for joining me on the pod. To kick us off, could you tell us a little bit more about who you are and what you do? Thanks, Hannah. Thanks for having me on. Um, So I'm Emma. I'm 26. I live in Newcastle, New South Wales. Um, I'm a wife, a mum. I have an almost three-year-old and I'm growing my second one now. So yeah, and I'm an, um, I own the Conscious Exchange, which is, like Hannah said, an eco boutique in Newcastle. Sounds like a pretty dreamy setup that you've got going there. I want to hear all about your shop because it just looks like the most beautiful space. But before we get to that, I want to hear a bit more about you and your interest in the world of secondhand. So take me back to your earliest memory of shopping secondhand. What was that like? When did the love begin for you? Um, so the love for me began kind of like I remember op shopping when I was like, probably like in year seven or year eight mm-hmm. and it was just something that I did alone like none of my friends were into it my parents weren't into it oh, it was yeah. just like something I did as like I don't know just like a little thing to do because there's not much like you can do when you're only 13 or 14 years old mm-hmm. um so yeah I remember doing that but then as I got a bit older, I got really embarrassed about it. So I stopped doing it and I was just trying to fit in and I didn't really pick it back up until I was, um, until I had had my son. And I was like, I was at home with this newborn and I kept seeing all over Instagram, all these like beautiful families and their beautiful matching outfits. And I was like, I want to look cute. Like I want to look cute with my newborn baby. Like, and then you'd go and find those outfits and you're like, oh, I cannot afford to spend $60 on a newborn <laughs> T-shirt. So, yeah, that was when my um, secondhand kind of obsession became because I would just go on and try and search for all these styles at a fraction of the cost. And then mm-hmm. I was like, hmm, maybe I could resell these and make a little extra money to get to buy more cute clothes. I mean, that makes a lot of sense to me, right? Because babies grow pretty quickly when you see the price of some of the cute outfits out there it doesn't make a lot of sense to be spending all of that money on a kid that's only going to be able to wear it for a week or two before they're too big for it I know that's exactly it so like most of the clothing it's in really good condition because your kid only wears it once and Mm -hmm. then it goes in the washing and then they're way too long for it next time you put it on so um I I saw there was a real niche for the market so that's when I started yeah selling my secondhand baby clothes Mm, so talk to me a little bit more about that how did you go from just being a passionate op shopper finding some really good gear to dress your family in to then turning it into a business what did that progression look like 
I think, um, so when I had my son, I had just moved to Newcastle from Sydney. Mm-hmm. So I was all alone and I really needed a hobby because mm. as much as I love my son, like the goo gaga, I needed like something else to stimulate my brain. <laughs> um, so yeah, it really turned into like me being so isolated that I just was reaching out for community and mm. I found that in the mums that I was like selling to and it just started to grow from there. So it all started on Instagram, selling through Instagram mm-hmm. under Baby Come Back Vintage and then, yeah, it slowly progressed into me having my own shop. That's pretty remarkable. And to think that that was only, what, three years ago at this point. Mm-hmm. That's a crazy turnaround. And now it's this amazing thriving business where you actually have a physical space that you get to work out of. How did that happen? I know that so many people who sell in the vintage community can only dream of having their own little store that they get to physically run. Um, how did it happen for you? Um, so I definitely took baby steps, so selling on Instagram, and then it got really busy um, with selling on Instagram that I was kind of looking for a space and then I got approached to be in a collaborative space. So that meant like there was like, I think it was like six or seven different other businesses. And that was really like a stepping stone there where I could just like put my toe in the water and be like, what is this retail space about? Yeah. Like, I know I can do well on Instagram, but can I do well selling face-to-face? So, yeah, and that did really well. And then I outgrew that space and then um, the shopping left and went vacant. So I was like, we should just do it. And my poor husband was like, okay. (laughs) Yeah, we opened. I mean, it is a pretty brave thing to do, right? To just, even if you've had a bit of experience in that collaborative sort of setting to fully put yourself out there and to give give it a red hot go and try this business out and see if it'll sink or swim. Um, what was the response like once you started trading in your own space? Um, it was the, so when we first initially opened up our Lambton shop, we had like, it was really great because I had already established myself in Newcastle to sell secondhand. So luckily, like I already had like a lot of mums who were buying my stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so they could come to a physical space now where they, and then I, in the new space, I wanted to expand to eco-friendly goods um, and vintage and pre-love. So I like to think if we can't get it secondhand, we try to get it in the most eco-friendly way new. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so it was all great, but three weeks later, COVID hit. So we opened up a really, really, really tricky time because we were facing closing down the shop um, just a couple of weeks after opening, which is nothing that you ever imagine when you open up your first like business. You're not like, oh, we're going to shut a month later. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So, yeah, but luckily, like, because we had so much community support and backing, like, people supported us even though we were closed, like, a lot of online sales and stuff like that. So that all pulled us through, which was really great. That's pretty remarkable. I mean, that sounds like such a gut-wrenching circumstance to find yourself in. And I'm sure for so many business owners, you know, especially people who trade in vintage who might not then have access to go out and source the goods that they would typically then find to sell on. 
That's such a tough spot to find yourself in, especially if you're supporting yourself and supporting a family. So what did it look like then uh, in that period where you weren't able to be open? You said that you were trading online still. How long did you have to stay shut for? We shut down for a total of about six weeks. Mm. Um, So it meant that we fully shifted to doing deliveries. So you could still, where we were in Newcastle, it was um, you could do essential delivery work. Mm-hmm. So it meant that I was kind of like being a delivery driver now yeah. of all my goods because we didn't charge for that so people would still support us. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it kind of like was going to the shop every day, packing up all the orders, delivering them around Newcastle, um, going to the post office still. Um, yeah, but then coming home and you can't do your face-to-face with customers, which is, like, so much of, like, the goodness in the shop, like the face-to-face. And I love, like, I wanted a shop because I love touching and feeling everything. So that was really hard to be like, oh, like, we can't have samples. You can't touch anything. Mm. And, like, everyone has to stay away. Like, that was the most challenging part for me because I just want everyone to, like, feel the goodness, feel the quality. Like, yeah, so that was definitely probably the roughest bit. But, yeah, it was good that we had the online support anyways. Mm. And good on you for taking on the challenge and pivoting and becoming a delivery driver and still making it all work in the meantime. So you have recently relocated and you have a larger even better space than before. Um, Tell us a little bit about that and what you hope the Conscious Exchange will grow into in this new home. Um, Yeah, so I think, yeah, another decision that we made in the first year of business was to move into this bigger space. I just saw that at Lambton, like it was very small and we're very quickly outgrowing. And this space that we got in Islington, I had always like walked past it and I just I just loved it so much, but they weren't renting it out. Yeah. So I actually had to stalk the owner and find out who it was and like message him on Facebook and hope that he replied to me. No way. And my husband was like, You're insane, stop it. <laughs> like, but I was like, I was like, this is my space, I need it. Like it's gotta be mine, like it, it's wow. gotta be this shop. So luckily the wife had already been to our shop in Lambton. So she was like, yeah, I'll rent it out to you guys because, like, she knew what we were about and she was like, you'll really suit the space. So, yeah, we were very lucky to get this shop and it was all very quickly, like, um, yeah, we didn't go into December thinking that would be shut Lambton at the end of the month, but we just had to jump at the opportunity. Um, And this space is really great because we do have – an upstairs area dedicated to the workshop space mm. where we run different conscious events. So we have one coming up that's on um, community craft spot. So like different um, creatives in Newcastle could come and swap like their own art that they make and like swap it between different like artists. So yeah, just like stuff like that, that is a really focus on community and mm. also being eco-conscious. Oh, that sounds super special. And oh my gosh, what a story to just have scoped out this place and had your heart set on it and you persevered and it happened. That's awesome. I love that. Um, And I don't think that that's weird at all because I actually am that person. Like I, I am not even kidding when I say like we've just moved to a new area and 
the amount of times I've seen these vacant properties, whether they are commercial or residential, and I email the council and I try and find out what's going on because you just never know. That's how stuff happens, right? You've got to ask the questions. I fully agree. And like the worst thing can happen is someone saying no. So who cares? Exactly. You say no and move on. But if you never ask, then you never get an answer. And I mean, it worked out great for you. So I'm holding on to hope that one of these days I'm going to find my perfect little spot as well. I don't know what I'd do with it, but you know, it'd just be nice to have a little spot. Just, just have it, hold it. See what <laughs> That's right. What do. <laughs> exactly. I want to know a little bit more about your love of vintage and secondhand. So talk to me about how that is a part of your life. Do you limit it to clothing or is your home full of secondhand furniture? Um, where do you like to shop secondhand? Talk to me about it. Um, I do not limit it to clothing. I I extend it to all areas. The mm-hmm. only thing I haven't done is underwear. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty much I have secondhand every other thing, um, yes. especially having a three-year-old. They go through different stages of what they like so quickly. So yeah. I find it my, my first thing to do is to always find it secondhand and the last, last, last like desperate attempt would be buying it new. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my home is full of mix-matched vintage and pretty much all vintage pieces. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, different, like, artwork that has been done by friends and stuff like that. So, yeah, I just um, – I only ever have neutrals in my house. So I find vintage pieces, like – have a lot more texture and a lot more detailing and I love when they're scuffed up and I don't want them to look perfect like they have yeah. to be like wabi-sabi and you know all together <laughs> they create so much interest yeah but if you were to just glance over it you'd be like a very neutral house but to me it feels very comforting and lived in and mm. um yeah just makes my soul happy I love that. That's what a home should feel like. You've mentioned neutrals there. Um, How else would you describe your sense of style when it comes to your home, but then also when it comes to your wardrobe and the things that you wear? Um, So I obviously like everything has to be really practical for having a toddler, Mm -hmm. but yeah, I never wear colour. I feel very soothed by not wearing color mm-hmm. I know a lot of people get like energy from different colors but for me like head to toe black is where I feel the most comfortable yeah where I feel the most like powerful mm-hmm. and myself so um yeah definitely like not having colors in my house is how I feel less chaotic and less mm-hmm. anxious and um I would say my house style is quite eclectic neutral mm-hmm. so it's very like there's I've got lots of funky pieces like I have like a beautiful like hand carved fertility stool that like oh, wow. women like it's a tribal stool and you used to like sit on there if you wanted to get pregnant mm-hmm. so like one side it has like a carved wood, wooden lady like full boobs and everything and the other side has like 
an erected penis. <laughs> so, and wow, that's just wait. in my living room and my son uses it as his table. So, yeah, I have, like, a lot of funky pieces that are, like, a lot of textural and, like, you know, would have taken, like, months to hand carve and mm-hmm. I just love, like, I love when a piece has, like, you can see the workmanship in it. Yeah. Yeah. So then, um, yeah, my personal style, like, I don't, I don't, I love buying clothes. Like, I study to be a buyer, fashion buyer. Oh, wow. But I hate, yeah, I hate dressing up. I don't like styling. I just love buying the clothes for people and seeing what other people will do. So for me, personal style is not that important. Wow, that's super interesting. That's yeah. a really, really interesting notion that um, I would say it's something that you're probably quite gifted in, especially just in the beautiful images that you post of the store as well. It's obvious that you have quite an eye for curation and, and putting things together in a way that looks really beautiful and styling things, I guess, or merchandising, you would probably say. Um, but when it comes to your own wardrobe, it's just not something that you care too much about. It's just not an interest to me. I'd rather do th- like pick the things for people to use and then mm-hmm. see what they do with it. Like that is so much more interesting than me going, here is an entire outfit that I have put together for you. For me, I feel like I'm constantly trying to figure out how to piece things together in a way that I feel inspired by and that I find to be interesting and like a, an accurate reflection of who I want to be and what I want to wear. Um, so it's interesting to hear a really different perspective. I'm curious to know then when it comes to curating for the store or um, buying those items that you do end up wearing yourself, where do you find the best secondhand buyers? So we have in Newcastle. Have you been to Newcastle? I never have, no, but I've got some friends who live there and it sounds pretty beautiful. Yeah, we are so spoiled because there's just a lot of vintage collectors and there's a lot of places to go that are already, like, curated. Um, Mm -hmm. But I obviously, like, being a buyer of what, like, my background is, I love going treasure hunting and finding myself. So... Um, and we just have like so many op shops, like there's like five in each suburb, I swear. Like there's just, we're just so spoiled. It sounds perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we also have this great, um, secondhand, like, um, furniture shop called secondary, um, which sometimes has like the most beautiful, like, um, Chinese, like antique willow baskets and things like that, that are just like. They're so rare to come by because they're all over 100 years old mm. that they'll just like randomly get in the shop and kind of not really know what it is. But like that's something that I collect and I'm like, oh, my God, I can't believe it's here. Like because that's the stuff that you find in the really, really expensive like antique shops yeah. in Sydney for like hundreds of dollars but then they've got like 50 bucks on it. And I'm like, oh. That's yeah, how I, I love looking at that place because I think they have some stuff that is totally not their style, but it's my style. And then I grab it for a bargain. Oh my gosh, that's my ideal kind of shop, right? Where you walk in and you find everything you've ever dreamed of finding for a good yeah. deal. Yeah. Okay, on the subject of finding great stuff secondhand, could you list a top three all time favorite finds? This is when. I'm like, 
this part of the podcast, I wish it could just be like video. I know. So I could actually like, you know, show everyone the pieces. But um, my top pieces are like my favorite dress that I have. And it's like a long sleeve, beautiful black cotton dress with like buttons down the front. And it's loose and flowy. And like, no matter how bloated I'm feeling, I can wear it and I feel great. And it's super faded now because I wear it all the time, but it's by this label called Found By. And I've just like, I've never seen this label before. And all my searches just like come up blank. Oh. And I'm like, I really want like 10 of this dress. But I think it was just like they must have done like a once-off collection and then like shut it down. I don't know what's happened, but I, I my oh. search forever will to be find another one of those dresses. What's the material of the dress? It's cotton. It's just a black cotton, like lightweight, so you can like layer it if it's colder. Or I wear shorts under it, so it, so I can like bend down and grab my toddler and not be flashing everyone and stuff. <laughs> but it's just it's beautiful. And um, my second find is my shop chair that I have in the shop. It's like um, a beautiful old grandfather's chair. Um, a lady actually came in the other day and told me it was for breastfeeding but it's got like wheels on it and I think it's like one of those like um, chairs that used to like sit by the fireplace but it was it was done in the 1800s and I bought it from this guy who was an avid vintage collector but his wife was making him sell all his vintage pieces because she was over it oh no she was like, I don't want any of these pieces in my house anymore. Oh and I gosh. walked into the house and this was his last piece of his collection that he had. And everything else was like super modern. And you could just like see. Like, so sad. I nearly cried for him because I was like, I couldn't imagine if my husband one day was like, no more antiques. <laughs> I would be like, oh my God, no more of you. Get out. <laughs> So, um, yeah, so this chair was last reupholstered in the 1920s. So it's got, like, it's covered in, like, brown, almost black leather, and it's, like, super faded and worn through, and I will never reupholster it. I will just keep it like that forever. Like, it's so beautiful. And I just told him, I was like, I will keep this chair forever. and mm. I'm never going to sell it. So At least he knows that it went to a good home. Yeah, I think I, think I was like, I am... Like, like he was in his like late seventies, and I was like, I am the younger version of you, Aww. and I will, I will treasure this forever. And hopefully, when I pass it on to my kids one day, they will also treasure it. Um, my second, my third one is this dining table I'm on at the minute. Yeah. It's like a beautiful slab of marble, and it's got like gold through it, and. Um, beautiful like veins of grey and I found it on Gumtree. This lady had it in her backyard and she was not using it and it's it's so heavy because it's a 10-seater and it's so long and I was like eight months pregnant and I convinced my husband that I could pick it up with him and it weighs so, it's so heavy. It's the heaviest thing ever and we got there and he was just like, you're, like what were you thinking? I was, <laughs> I don't know, but yeah, we had to um, 
get some of our best friends to come and help pick it up and then like drive it up to Newcastle. This was in Sydney and he was just like cursing me the whole time. And then now like we love it. Like it's the most beautiful table and I'm just like so glad we went to all that effort to pick it up. Even though it was insane. You can't pick up heavy stuff when you're pregnant. Just don't do it. No, I mean, even on my strongest day, I don't know that a 10 seater marble table is something that I would manage to carry. But it's so worth it. It's so beautiful. Oh, that sounds stunning. It is hard to find a beautiful vintage dining table too. It is. And this marble table was like 150 bucks. I was like, you're never going to find a 10-seater slab of marble. No. $150. That's what I was just going to say is that even if you come across something really special in terms of like a lounge or a dining table, those really big ticket furniture items – Oh my gosh, people try and charge through the roof for those things. You got a good deal. It's a bargain and I'll keep it for life. I love it. So I want to know if there is anything that you have ever left behind that you didn't buy that you regret not taking home with you. Um, this one, like I know, like because I just feel like I am at peace that the piece is going to find its proper home mm. if I leave it behind. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so there's not really. And because of the way, because I do shop for other people because I yeah. have to stock my store, I get the privilege of, like, taking a lot more stock than I have to, like, put back because yeah. I'm like, oh, I already see the value in it and I see my customers in it. So, yeah, it's a lot easier for me because I can just go in there and pick, like, 50 things, whereas if you're just shopping for yourself, you might want to limit it a bit more. So, yeah, so this is, like, not really a problem for me. That's a really great attitude. And also maybe that's my problem. Maybe I just need to shop and then I can buy everything (laughs) because I can justify that I need it for my shop. Yeah. That's the secret. It's a good way because there is some things that I pick up and I'm like, oh, yeah, maybe I can um, wear this and, like, be a bit more of a cooler mum and then I'll wear it for a week (laughs) and then I'm like, no, I just put it in the shop. This is not me. So it's a really good way to test out styles without having much of the, like, you know, I can just make my money back on it. Totally. It's a low-risk situation. Very low-risk. Talk me through some of your top tips for shopping secondhand. You have obviously refined your skills to the point of being a master at it, being able to keep a whole shop stocked full of the good stuff. Um, For people listening who love shopping secondhand, but maybe who get frustrated with how long it takes to find anything good, do you have any tips to share? Um, I, mine's like, I shop so quick because, like, I just have such limited time. Mm-hmm. So I want to be in and out of every op shop, like, as quick as possible. Okay. And I just, like, fumble through the racks. Like, I have to just go really fast. Yeah. Um, I think because I've been doing it for so long, like, I already know what certain fabrics are going to feel like. And yeah. I know labels and I know, like, brands. And, like, so it's a lot easier to just, um, you know, check it like so fast and know that I can pick out all the good stuff. Um, So, yeah, I think like you just have to stick through it and it is frustrating at sometimes, but like you could start on places like eBay where you can search like a keyword and be like, 
this is what I want to find. Like I want a black dress in this fabric. Like you just search that and it's so much easier to find on mm-hmm. eBay and stuff. So, um, yeah, definitely starting at those kind of things and then coming to like a store like mine and there's so many other places that are curated as well. Mm. So I like to think that I have done all the hard work for you yeah. so you can come into my place and you know that you're going to find good stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's not a frustrating po- um, process. So I like to think that um, I'm kind of serving the person who doesn't want to do all the hard work themselves but still wants to shop in a more sustainable way. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I I really like the tip of shopping somewhere like eBay. I mean, I still do that, right? There there are moments where I'm looking for something so specific and I don't have the patience to wait it out and look in every single op shop that I pass. And so I'll just take a quicker route on eBay or Depop or somewhere like that where you can just be more specific with your search. And also that's the thing that I love about um, shopping secondhand in a curated store like the conscious exchange is that even if you don't find exactly what it is that you're looking for, it's a really beautiful shopping experience because you're in a space that is um, really well thought out where someone's put a lot of time and effort and love into making it um, a special welcoming space and there's no junk in there. It's just all the good stuff. Yeah, that's what, like, I think it can be so frustrating when you spend, like, a whole day off shopping and maybe find one good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, and it can turn a lot of people off. So I like to view my store as, like, a stepping stone mm-hmm. to find your, like, more eco-friendly journey. And, you know, for people who don't want to waste all the time in the op shops or don't have, like, a full day to dedicate it to, um, yeah, hopefully you can just come into my shop and you're like, cool, easy, fun. like I found something so cool. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. And I think that that um, just speaks to the value of um, the vintage community and what all of you do in kind of bridging that gap between people who maybe have that interest in shopping in a more mindful and sustainable way but who are hesitant or overwhelmed to approach a typical op shop you've created something really beautiful um, for people to engage with which I think is so fantastic I want to know what you imagine that the future of maybe the fashion industry but more broadly just consuming generally might look like Um, one thing I'm really focusing on in the store is making sure that like it's a very size inclusive Mm -hmm. because fortunately there's not a lot of sustainable options for people that are plus size and also like for people who want to shop secondhand but don't want to go like their style isn't something like pre-90s or 80s or 70s like it's really important for me to have like a lot of pre-loved options because I want to serve to everyone and I want people to go into my shop and think oh I don't have to have this like quirky like 70s style like I can just be like myself and still wear things that are similar to my style but they can be Mm pre-loved um I love that this industry is becoming way more mainstream because um, I just strongly believe there is enough out there already created yeah. and we've just got to find it and bring it back to the consumers. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just like things things were made so much better 
back in the day as well. Yeah. So like all these pieces have been around for so many years already and they've still got so much life left to live in them mm. um, as opposed to something that you buy from like a big fashion chain shop that you wear once and it falls to pieces. Like, um, yeah, so it's really important for me to always show people that they can buy quality pieces um, at an affordable price and it can be for anyone. It's not just for vintage lovers, it's for pre-love lovers as well. Mm. I hope that the industry just keeps going like that and gives people more options. Yeah. That's a great answer. I think that there's some really um, valuable things to consider there. It did make me curious to know if I walked into the conscious exchange, what can I expect to find in terms of the the clothing and vintage and pre-loved stuff that you do stock? Is there anything that you wouldn't have available in your shop because you think it doesn't really align with your ethos? Um, what can I expect to find if I walk in? Um, if you walk in to my shop, most things are – I try to focus on things under natural fibres, so like yeah. linen, cottons, um, silks. I'm really on a silk train at the moment. Oof. I want all the silks. You and me both. Today I bought a silk shirt secondhand. I need to tell everybody about it because it's 100% silk and it's black and it's beautiful and I love it so much. Yeah, I've, I've got like a few in my wardrobe now. Oh, so and good. They're just for me personally and I'll hold them. Yes. Um, but, yeah, there's, I'm just on a massive silk train mm-hmm. at the moment and they're all secondhand and I'm just like, wow, oh, this mm-hmm. brand new would be like $300. <gasps> this is exactly what I'm saying. We need to go on a tangent here because the shirt that I found today was brand new but in the op shop. Yeah. Um, do you know the brand, what's it called, um, Sir, the label? Yeah, yeah. A brand new Sir silk shirt, which I kid you not, is like nearly $300 on their website. And it was, I mean, it was 30 bucks, but still, I'm so happy to pay that because it's 100% silk and I'm going to love it forever. And I'm just, I could cry. I'm so happy about it. I always wonder about whose life that is that they were like, (laughs) you know what, I'm not going to wear this brand new $300 top that I just bought. Let's just donate it. I'm always like, who is, whose life is that? I have no idea, but I owe them a big thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At least they can let go and they don't just hoard it. They're just like someone else can, someone like Hannah can value it more. <laughs> Absolutely. Anyway, sorry, I distracted you. So we'll find beautiful natural fibres in your store. Yeah, so mostly natural fibres. I like things that like a little bit more interesting. So like if it has like, um, I don't know, a bit of a cooler cut or something, um, things that like are statements but like not too statement, statement that you can only wear it like on this one occasion Yeah, you go to in once in your life. So um, we just opened up a clothing exchange as well. So... Um, yeah you can bring in stuff from your wardrobe and I like to think of like the pieces in your wardrobe that you're like oh this is still great quality I just don't wear it anymore so that's all the pieces that I want in the shop and you can exchange it and you get 50% store credit for whatever retail price we set it for and then you can use that to buy clothing in your wardrobe that is new to you and you'll wear and love. Yes, I love that. We need more of that, hey, just avenues for people to channel those pieces of clothing that are still 
you know, they hold sentiment and value to the person so they don't necessarily just want to chuck it um, in the donation pile. It's kind of nice, right, to be able to get something back. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, yeah, I think you can always think in your wardrobe all that piece that you're like, oh, I might wear one day or like maybe when I lose like five kilos again, I can wear it. But Mm -hmm. like having something like this, I think it makes it easier to pass on. You can be like, oh, well, now I get something back that I can love more and wear now. 100%. Oh, that's so special. I love that. When am I coming to Newcastle? This sounds amazing. I have to come to Newcastle. (laughs) Perfect. Well, I'm coming to Newcastle. We're going to hang out at the Conscious Exchange upstairs in, would you call it a loft in the space? Yeah, it's like a little mezzanine. um, I painted like a cute little sage rainbow on it. So. Oh my goodness. We're going to wear silk when I come. It'll, it'll be a whole vibe. I can't wait. All the <laughs> it sounds perfect. Emma, thank you so much for being a guest on the show. It was so lovely to finally get to sit down and have a chat with you. I'm so excited about your store and everything that you're on about. It's so special. Um, so thank you for sharing some of your story with us today. Thanks, Hannah. I appreciate it. And um, thanks for listening to my story. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Well Worn Pod. I will leave links to the Conscious Exchange and all of Emma's suggestions and recommendations in the show notes below. If you enjoyed the episode, please tell a friend or share it on social media. And while you're there, give us a follow. We are at Well Worn Pod. I'll catch you next week. Bye.